Welcome to the Roxborough Church Podcast. For more resources and information, visit RoxboroughChurch.org. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. Good morning, Roxville Church. How are you doing? All right. Great day to be in the house of the Lord. Sunshine and snow on the ground. Wintertime. Everything's wonderful. All righty. So, oh, Children's Church. Okay, I'm being reminded Children's Church. So, if you have any children here, it is their time. I'm going to ask you to come forward and Follow Mr. Jackson, Pastor Jackson here. He's going to take you somewhere else where you can have some fun and also learn about the Word of God. All right, so when I was a little kid, we used to play outside or in the playground at school. And every once in a while, what used to happen is somebody would say, I will erase you. And so what would happen, the person who said, I race you, okay, you, you know, I, I race you, no problem. So what they would do is they would get a stick or they would um, have you stand at, at, a, at the concrete with the line in it. And you stood there and, and what they would say, ready, get set, go. And then you would run to a designated location, and whoever would get there first, they would win. So we would have a race, and this would happen all the time. You would race one another, and you would hear that, ready, get set, go. Notice the Olympics are coming up, and it's not the Winter Olympics, but in the Summer Olympics, you have racing. You, you have all different types of, of racing, right, on the track. And usually what they say is, get, in, get on your marks, get set, go. So when you look at that, notice, notice what's going on there. So what, what they say, ready, you would walk up to the line. Or get on your marks, you, you're there at the line, you're waiting. You weren't set yet. Then they would get say, get set. And you see they get in the posture. And then as soon as you hit a gun or as soon as somebody says go, then you take off. Ready, get, set, go. Well, it's kind of like that, what we've been talking about. And, and what we're looking at is mission discipleship. That's what we're really talking about. We're setting a tone this year where we are focusing in on discipleship. What does it mean to be a disciple of Christ? What does it mean to walk as a disciple of Christ? And so I want you to remember, ready, get set, go. Because ready is position. That's what ready is. It's putting you in a position. Set is putting you in a posture. And go is when you proceed. So ready, get set, get set go is position, posture, and proceed. Now, Pastor Ray set the tone when he preached about prayer or pray. And what we're learning is pray, learn, live, go. 
And we're going to be talking about go this morning. But let me back up a little bit because here's the first thing we heard. What we heard was mission. Well, what is the mission? The mission is this. Centered in love, we are regularly testifying of what God is doing in our lives and sharing the invitation to a new life in Jesus. That's the serious that we're talking about. We're talking about, well, what are, you pray, what are you praying for? What are you actually learning? What are you, how are you living? What, what are we to do when we go? Well, we find this out actually in Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. And let's read that scripture. This is what it says. It says that, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Now, now, listen to the commission that Jesus is giving. And what we've talked about so far in pray, learn, live, and go what is actually taking place? This is actually part of what fits into posture. It fits into posture. Now, now notice, well, what gets us ready? What gets us ready is when we enter into the kingdom of God through Jesus Christ. We are already ready when we are saved, when we are born again, when we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, that places us in a ready position. So when we receive Christ, we are in that ready position. So then what has to happen? What has to happen next is that we immediately go into a posture. And that's what we're talking about. So our posture is pray. Part of our posture is learn, and part of our posture is live. Now, now, why is that important? Well, when you look at our posture, what are we praying for? We are praying for God to use us in the kingdom in order to win souls for Christ. What are we praying for? We are praying for those around us who don't know Jesus. What are we praying for? We are praying for God to use us in a way that leads people to Christ. Not only vocally, but in our lives, because our lives become a witness. And, and that's what Pastor Ray kind of centered around when we were talking about praying. And then we had learn. And we all heard the story when Pastor Charlie came up and said we had to learn and, and how he wasn't really focusing in on school, right? <laughs> Well, a lot of us were like that. We weren't really thinking about school. We wanted to have fun. Some people still do that. They go to college. They're not really going to college to learn. They're going to college to have fun, to get away from home. They won't tell you that. But that's what a lot of them are doing. So the reality is learn. And so what are we learning? We are learning the apostles' teaching. That's what it says in, in Acts. And we heard about that. 
In Acts chapter Acts, in, in second chapter of Acts, the apostles' teaching. Well, where did they get the teaching from? They got it directly from Jesus, who is God. So they were hearing the revelation directly from Jesus, who is God. So here you have the disciples that are being discipled by God himself in the flesh. And so he teaches them, and they learned from him. And then what were they commissioned to do? They were commissioned to go out and to teach others. That was part of the commission. And we see that here, right? Well, well wait a minute. Before I proceed, then we heard about live last week, right? How do we live out our lives? We live out our lives through the practicing of life through an alternative lifestyle. That's what it is. An alternative lifestyle? Absolutely. Because what is our life based upon now when we become Christ-like? We live our lives through God who empowers us through the Holy Spirit. So we have God life that is now being practiced in our humanity. And that's what's going on. So we are praying for people to enter into the kingdom of God. We are learning so that when people enter into the kingdom of God, we, we ourselves will be able to teach them. And we do that as we live our lives out on a regular basis as we go. Now let's, let's break some more of this down. So I gave you Matthew 28, 18 to 20, and we read it. So here's our first, our first point. Our first point is this. We are commissioned by Jesus to go. We're commissioned by Jesus to go. Jesus has all authority over heaven and earth. So, so where are we getting our, our uh, commissioning from? We're actually getting our commissioning from God himself. God has, he commissioned the disciples. Was he just talking to the 11 disciples that were there? No. He was talking to the 11 disciples, plus there were 500 other disciples. And then when you look, actually look into the Greek, it means it's going on so that what Jesus was saying, he was commissioning the church in which we became a part of when we received Christ so that commissioning is actually extended throughout time to all believers. So what does that mean? That means by God's authority, he commissioned anybody who has entered into the kingdom of God, who's saved, that they are to go. We all are commissioned to go. And that's the first thing we see in the verse. Jesus came to them and said to all of them, I want you to go. But then what does Jesus say? He doesn't stop there. He tells us how to go. That's point number two. He tells us how to go. And how are we to go? He says, I want you to go like this. I want you to make disciples. What? We are to go and make disciples. That's, that's what it says in the text. And, and what is making disciples? What does the Lord mean when he says to make disciples? 
Is he not telling us to do exactly what he did? How do you see Jesus making disciples? All we have to do is look at what he does. And I don't want to jump ahead because I, I, I'm going to end with that. But he gives them a method on how to go. Here's what's said. Jesus came to seek and to save those who are lost. He came to seek and save those who are lost. Can you go to church and be lost? But Crawford, I read my Bible every day. Can we read our Bible and still be lost? But, but Crawford, I pray every, every single day to the Lord. I ask him to do stuff. Can we pray and still be lost? We need to understand that those who are lost do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's what being lost is. Lost. Those who do not have a relationship with him. Those who do not know him personally as their Lord and Savior. Now, guess what that means? If they don't know Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior, they don't have a relationship with God even though they're seeking God. There's a lot of people who approach God from a religious perspective. They are religious. They do religious things. Well, well, Crawford, what's religious things? Well, reading the Bible and, and praying and, and doing all the good things and doing all that stuff that looks good on the outside, that can be indicators that you're religious. Religiosity does not save anybody. Jesus came to seek those who are lost. And we need to understand that being lost are those individuals who have not received Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. They have not accepted the finished work of the gospel of what Jesus did at the cross. That's what being lost is. Now you can be saved and be out of fellowship with God, but you still found there are people in that category. They, they have received Christ as Savior, but they're out of fellowship with God, which means what? That somehow they have backslid from what they were doing. And so inwardly, they're not connected to God. See, that's a different thing. So you can be saved and disconnected, just like you have family members. Right now, I'm disconnected from my brother. Well, I can be honest with that. We all know about relationships. Right now, we're, we're, not, we're not connected because of something that happened, and we're not connected. Now, at some point in time, we pro I'm going to probably have to be the one who approaches him to try to get this connection back. But a lot, of, a lot of us have going through situations where we have been disconnected from another person. Well, it's the same thing with God. We can be saved and be disconnected, but those people that are lost don't have a connection. And they never had one. 
So the reason why I'm, harp, I'm, I'm staying here for a bit is that you, we can all have an understanding what being lost is. Jesus came to seek those who are lost. And he has asked us to be a part of the process to go so that we can be available to help Jesus bring those into the family of God. Let's, let's move on. So we have been given a method. Jesus says to save, and he came to save and seek those who are lost. Now, now here's something. Well, what does it mean to make a disciple? Here's what it is. Christ attaches himself to the person. Christ attaches himself to the person. Prophet, what are you saying? What, what, making disciples to go. This is what he said. He wants us to go. Christ made disciples of men by attaching himself to them. And through that personal attachment, they were able to observe his life and conversation. And in seeing and hearing, they began to observe and assimilate his very character and behavior. What? Here's what that means. People, we are to attach ourselves to people. That's how we make disciples. What do you mean attach ourselves to them? We ought to get to know them. We ought to spend time with them. Isn't that what Jesus did? Jesus, Jesus had 12 men that he told to follow him, and he spent time with those men, teaching them and eating with them and crying with them and spending all kinds of time with them and seeing all the messy stuff in their life, didn't he? That's what Jesus did. And Jesus is calling us to go and to do the same thing he did. So what does that really mean? That means that we are to be attaching ourselves to those people who have a desire to walk with Christ because of their salvation. But wait a minute. What, what did he say? He says, I want you to go. And, and when we go, what, what, what's happening? We are proclaiming the truth concerning Jesus. Isn't that what we're doing? We're proclaiming the truth. It doesn't, doesn't mean that you're yelling and screaming and constantly bringing up the gospel to people. Not necessarily, no. But that doesn't mean that we never bring up the gospel to people. We are to proclaim Jesus. That's, that's part of our life. We should have no problem talking about Jesus to people. Because if Jesus has changed us, and he's doing a work in our life, and, and we know it, and we have seen God manifested through us because he's made himself real to us, and we had the opportunity of knowing him, not just know about him, we, we, God is saying, listen, I want you to be able to share with people what I'm doing in your life and to not only be able to share what, what, what's happening in, in your life, but to point them to the fact that Jesus is able to change their lives. 
that's where going is. Now, now here's something interesting. Jesus attached himself to these men, but there was also something else. He envisioned that something beyond himself was going to happen. In other words, Jesus was able to see that he needed an extension of what he was doing in order for people to come to know him. Huh? Isn't that what networking is? That's what networking is. So when you see businesses that are networking, where do you think the model came from? The model, the model comes from discipleship. Because look at what they do with a lot of businesses. They network. Especially the ones that, you know, you look at Mary Kay and you look at Avon and you look at all these different businesses where you go out and, and you're selling a product and then you, you get that person to sell the products too and then, then they get people to sell the products. That's networking. Wait, that's what Jesus is doing here. That is what kingdom building is. So, so God came up with the idea. That's what discipleship is. Discipleship is networking. And when you see these businesses, what do they do? Notice, they recruit a person, they train a person, they spend time with that person, and then that person, when they, when they have it together, and when, then they go out and they do the same thing that the person that trained them to do whatever they're doing. That's what Jesus is saying. God has given us the wonderful privilege to be partners with him because he's commissioned us to go and to make disciples. What about the children in your house? Isn't that disciple making? How are we, how are we doing that? Are we making, uh, are we discipling our kids? Because they're just little people that need discipling. That's all. Now, here's something interesting. When Jesus called the disciples, they weren't saved yet. What am I getting to? That you can disciple people who don't know the Lord yet. And in discipling those who don't know the Lord, they can come to know the Lord. See, the key is spending time and attaching to them. That's discipleship. He tells us to go. Now, what keeps us from attaching to people? I'm going to tell you what keeps us from attaching to people. You ready? Here's the answer. I don't have time. Because everything in our lives have become more important than people. Everything in our lives. I can work 20 hours a day and have no problem doing it, but yet to spend an hour with a person, I don't have time for that. Look at what has happened to us. Look at where our priorities are. Now, guess what? 
We can go to work 20 hours a day and make a whole bunch of money, and we can live in a nice house in the burbs, and we can have a nice car. And, and guess what? That is okay. I'm not condemning that. But when we are chasing that, and that's all we chase it, and we don't have time to disciple people, then we're backwards. Because we got our command from Jesus. And as soon as we got saved, that command goes on us to go and make disciples. How many of us has actually led a person to Jesus? Some of us might have been saved for 20, 30 years and never seen a person come to Christ through God using us as a facilitator. And it's not about condemning anybody. That's not what this is for. But it's getting us to understand what Jesus means when he said, when he gave the Great Commission and said to go and how to go. Go and make disciples. Now, guess what? I want you to see this. Because what he says, he says, go and make disciples. But then he gives us an order on how to do it, doesn't he? And when we look at the verse, the verse says, it says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. He gives us an order on how to do it. Now, now, watch this. As we go. Well, what does that mean? Does that mean I need to go downtown every day and preach, stand out in the street with a bullhorn and preach? That's going? No, not necessarily. See, going is as I live my life. As I, as I live my life, what, what am I doing as I live my life? Now, now point number three is, is we are given power to go. We're not going by ourselves because we can't live our lives by ourselves. Jesus gives us some help, doesn't he? He's called the Holy Spirit, who is God. The very God that we're talking about who commissioned through God the flesh, who is Jesus, we now have the power of God the Holy Spirit who helps us in the process of making disciples. He's given us power. Acts 1.8. That's what it says, right? Acts 1.8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. As I go, as I live out my life through the power of the Holy Spirit, my life should become an aroma to people because of what's emanating out of me, which is God. Because it's the God life that's in me. God using my, in my flesh as a conduit through his spirit that lives in me to draw people to himself and then creates an avenue in which I can disciple these individuals so that they can grow in their relationship with Christ. Now, if my boss at work told me, yo, Crawford, here's what I need you to do. 
I want you to go and I want you to find 15 people to bring back here so that we can train them in order to do a certain job. Well, if my boss told me to do that, what would I do? I would do it, wouldn't I? I might gripe about it. I might complain about it. But if I don't do it, I get fired. Am I telling the truth? But yet, the God of the universe, Jesus, he gave a commission to all of us who are saved who know him as our Savior. I want you to go. And he said, but I'm not sending you to go by yourself. I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm not sending you to live your life by yourself, but I'm, I'm going to, guess what? I got to go so the Holy Spirit, who's the comforter, can come and live within you and to help you live out this God life. Because I will be with you. Lo, I will be with you to the end of the earth. That's what it says in the next verse. In verse uh, 20 of, of chapter 28 of the Great Commission, Jesus is going with us. As we go, and as, our, as we make disciples, now it says that baptizing, and again, the focus is usually on water. Because usually when a person gets saved, they, they get baptized. And we see that process. We see that dynamic. It's an, it's an ordinance of the church. We see that. A person commits themselves to Christ. They come to know Christ. And then they get baptized. And it's an outside reflection of what has happened in the inside. But guess what? As we go. The Holy Spirit who lives in us is the witness through our lives that is able to draw people because of his spirit. Because the word lets us know that people are drawn to him. One of the ministries of the Holy Spirit is to draw people to himself. And so as, he, as we live our lives out in Christ practically... People can be drawn to us, which opens up the avenue in which we're able to speak into their lives and they can come to know Christ. And, and they come to know Christ through the Holy Spirit who baptizes them into the family of God through the Spirit. That word baptized, to be immersed. So we always focus it on water, but God is using us in a process where people are baptized, coming to salvation through being baptized by the Holy Spirit into the family of God. That's what it really means. People talk about baptism of the Holy Spirit. I'm not going there today. But they misconstrue what it really is. We ought to be filled with the Spirit, which can happen all the time. We ought to be filled, which means to be controlled by the Holy Spirit. But there's only one baptism. When we're baptized into the body of Christ through the Spirit, that's when a person is saved. Because they're immersed into the body of Christ through the Spirit because it's a spiritual thing. It's not a humanistic thing. God can use us to be a conduit in which the Holy Spirit 
can do his thing by baptizing people into the family of God as he uses our mouth and our lives as we die. Make disciples. I'm going to close out with this. When we look in John chapter 1, verses 43 to 45, and I'm not... And you know what? Let me read it. Um, John chapter 1, verses 43 to 45. This is what it says. The next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethesda. Bethsaida, I'm sorry. Philip found Nathanael and told him, we have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth, can anything good come from there? Nathanael asked, come and see, said Philip. Look at the dynamic there taking place. Look at what Jesus said. Jesus traveled from Galilee. Um, Galilee was a, a, was a distance away, right? And he went to Galilee purposely to find Philip. Jesus took the initiative to go find Philip. And then what happens? We see that Christ then told Philip, Come follow me. Now, why did Philip follow him so quickly? Because he recognized that he was the Messiah in which the Old Testament was talking about. Hmm. Look at the dynamic there. Jesus went to Philip. He went a distance to Philip. What? Yeah. Jesus is willing to go any distance, which, which means what? Let's, let's break this down. See, Jesus don't care about how sinful you are. He doesn't care how, how far out in sin we are. He doesn't care about that. He's going to come there to meet us. He, he doesn't care where, what place we're at, whether we're in a bar, whether we're standing on a corner, prostituting. He doesn't care where he's going to find us. He will go there. He doesn't care about what condition, whether we are drinking in alcohol or drugs. He doesn't care how far out we are, where, where we're located. He doesn't care where we live. He doesn't care who we are. Jesus is willing to go where we're at and meet us to reveal who he is so that they can know him and enter into salvation. That's the God that we have. It doesn't matter what you've done in your life. It doesn't matter what you think about yourself. 
It doesn't matter what you think. Well, you know what? God don't want me because I'm no good. I'm, I was never no good. I've done all this stuff in my life. No, don't let the enemy deceive you because Jesus had come to seek and save those who are lost. And he wants to use us to do the same thing that he was doing. See, notice what happened. Jesus told Philip to follow him. And what did Philip do? I want you to come save. Well, Nathaniel said, can anything good come out of Nazareth? <laughs> come save. See, that's the invitation. We have to invite people. As we live our lives out and we're growing in Jesus, we should always be inviting people to join us in the journey. That's what it's about. Our lives should be centered around that. Yes, we got to go to work. Yes, we're raising a family. Yes, we do it. We can have fun and go to ball games. But that should not be our priority. Our priority is to make disciples because God has commissioned us to do that. And whether you talk a lot or don't talk a lot, that really doesn't matter. It should line up with how we live. And as we go, use us as a conduit to bring them into the family of Christ. And then what can happen? We can disciple them. God has called us all to make disciples. If we don't make disciples, we're going to miss it. Because it's a wonderful opportunity that God has given us to partner with him. To be disciple makers. And when you see somebody's life change, there's no greater joy. To see a person go from this place and to see how God elevates them to a different place because of what you shared or you took the time to do with them, you cannot beat that. We're going to be centering a lot of our teaching around making disciples this year. We need to pray. We need to learn. We need to live. And then we need to go. Make disciples. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. Father, we... are so grateful that you have allowed us to be a part of what you're doing in the world. Not only in our lives, Lord, but what you're doing in the world. And Father, we realize that if we could just tap into the power that you've given us through the Holy Spirit, that there can be some mighty things that I can be seeing in my life because of my surrendering totally to what you desire. Father, help us. Give us the faith to believe that you truly have the best for us. And that, Lord, you love us so much that you want to use us to emanate that love so that people can be drawn to you. Fill us with your spirit and your power so that the world can be changed one person at a time. Lord, we thank you, and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. As we sing this last song together, let it uh, charge us to go out into the world.
Thank you for listening to our weekly podcast. We pray it was life-giving. To find out more about us, visit our website at rocksboroughchurch.org and join us for worship on Sundays at 10.30 a.m.